Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Advertech Printing, and IP Labs. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Dave Herring, who is a photographer an editor, an author, and creative director from San Jose, California. Hi, Dave. How are you today? Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me. Now, as most listeners of this podcast know, we don't really talk to a great many photographers here, but when we do talk to a photographer, they're a great one. How about that, Dave? No high expectations there, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, tell us a little bit about your career, how you got into the business before we get into the main topic of the things we're going to talk about. Sure. Um yeah, I, I've basically had a whole career in the creative world, um, kind of dabbled in a lot of different things. Today, it's photography, and it has been for the last um, many years. But prior to that, uh, I was kind of in the music side of things. I've been in the design side of things, uh, audio engineering, editing. So I, I've played kind of two parts, uh, like part is like vision, like vision related, coming up with ideas and pitching. And the other part is like the technical side um and executing whether it's designs or any type of like engineering that goes on on the creative end so mm-hmm. kind of had a wide spectrum most of it was in the nonprofit world prior to okay. becoming freelance and um and today i still do a lot of consulting in the nonprofit world but um today it's mostly freelance and mostly photography okay so and i'm sure so there's some video in there too right because it sort, oh, of, yeah, sort yeah. of becomes I synonymous mean, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely do video as well, but my my like passion is more in the photography side. The video sure. side is is fun, but it's not like what I get out of bed for in the morning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny because when I talk to photographers who have kind of done that, it's sort of like almost a necessary evil to their right. career in the sense that you know clients want it. You got to have the skills. Yep. Sometimes even the equipment is the same, right? The the same. Yeah camera you're using for the stills can also be used for some of the video. Yeah, definitely. And, which was not always the case. No, it does make it really convenient today. <laughs> Less gear to schlep. And you're also yeah. a travel photographer. Yeah. Where, where are some of the places you've been to and how does someone make a living being a travel photographer these days when it doesn't seem like there's a big uh, magazine market for travel photos? Anymore? No, there's there's not. And I, I basically have shot like kind of all over all over the U.S. for different uh, tourism boards or, you know, various different different things in that world. I shoot uh, for the National Park Trust in the past as well. So like I've been able to, you know, shoot a lot in the national parks. I've done some international things. I, you know, how, how you make a living at it is you diversify your income. So, <laughs> Which like, is one of the things I do want to talk to you about, but I was going to yeah, curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately that, that's, that's the, that's the secret sauce to making it as a creative is right. income diversity. And so, right. um, the travel side has its ebbs and flow. Uh, I mean, like there there are seasons where it's really strong. I'm getting booked a lot or a lot of requests for that. And then there's other seasons where, you know, it just it's kind of dried up. And um, and if you're if you're dependent upon that, then um, you know, you're gonna get yourself in a mess. Yeah, because it seemed to me like that was sort of like not really a fallback, but back in the days of stock photography, when stock photography paid something and there were slides and things like that. You know, a photographer could bank up a lot of travel pictures, right? And kind of have that recurring income coming in from that great shot of the Tetons or something, that right? Right. And that's gone these days. Just yeah. Kind of- what it what it really comes down to today is more about tourism boards. It's like you mentioned the Tetons, right? So there's um, visit Jackson Hole, Wyoming. That's a tourism mm-hmm. board, and 
you know, they're, they're, they have an annual budget to bulk up their creative media so that they may attract people to come to their region and spend money in the hotels and the restaurants and the businesses there. And tourism boards exist in the smallest towns in the U.S. and the biggest towns in the U.S. And so right. when you really think about it like that, like I'm in the Bay Area, but there are like 60 little like the bay area is like 60 communities um right. it's not just like you know san francisco and san jose i know you've got cupertino and sunnyvale and fremont and milpitas i mean it just goes on and on and on in like a you know a two-hour radius of the bay area well every one of those little towns has a tourism board mm-hmm. so and every one of those little tourism boards they have a budget in which they are going to spend this year on creative media whether it's video whether it's photos and so I have been able to have a, a bit of a career in that, in that I've been able to connect by going and meeting these tourism boards or meeting people and making relationships and then being able to, to, right. to have them bring me in to shoot for their, their location. So talk a little bit about that because, you know, I, I've, I've had photographers on the past where they talk about the necessity of being able to network, right? That the businesses are really behind the camera it's at a cocktail party or a networking function. I mean, when you got into the business, did you know that? Uh, You know, for for me, I've always been really relational. Um, I'm a very relational person in general. And Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you know, when you think about photography, it is a creative thing, but it's also a systematic business. Like you have to execute systems and you also like in any industry, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people have these mindsets that like certain industries are a good old boy, you know, industry. Like you have right. to just you gotta know the right people to get. Well, that that honestly is true of every industry, including right. especially true in photography. So, so for me, I would say nine out of ten of my clients are either people I have met at networking events or, um, or people I have met specifically because I have sought out places to go meet these people. So for instance, in 2022, I went to a travel bloggers conference. I do not blog. Okay. I'm not a travel blogger, but there's a travel bloggers uh, conference. It was up in Washington state and they had um, about 40 tourism boards from around Washington, Montana, and Idaho and Oregon up in that region. About 40 tourism boards were um, there in the vendor booth. So bloggers could meet these tourism boards. Well, I went there not as a blogger, but I still went and went to the conference, met a bunch of people. Uh, and I got booked for several shoots mm-hmm. from that just by going around, being friendly at the table, handing my business card, you know, at, at the at the mixers, making sure to stand by people and like not talk about photography, just talk about life. I'm, I'm a I'm a husband. I'm, I've got kids like I have a lot of things I can talk about. And right. so you make these connections. And then mm-hmm. then when it's time to show your services and what you do, you, you know, you have a relationship there already established. It's not transactional. It's not like, Hey, I want something from you. So let me, let me tell you how cool I am, how great I am. No, it's like, Mm -hmm. let me get to know you. And then, Mm -hmm. and if you like what you get to know of me and when it comes time for you to, you know, meet your budget on creative assets, here's my card. And that typically, and, and honestly, like that works. That that works. Well, you know, it's funny you said because uh, in the past we've had the CEO of Dale Carnegie, uh, which is that is literally Dale Carnegie one hundred and one, mm. <laughs> showing interest in the other person is how people yeah. get interested in you. And it's it, it's I, sadly I've been in a lot of situations where I see creatives pitching right, and it's right. literally let me get on my iPad and show you my portfolio, and that mm. is not a way to win a friend. And no, not at all. Because that feels really transactional. It feels like, okay, does this person really care about me or they just want 
they want to use me to get what they want. And like, right, right, right. nobody wants to be used, you know, and, at, you know, not everybody I have met has always booked me, mm-hmm. but you know what? I still like follow them on social media and connect with them. And mm-hmm. like, cause again, if you go into every opportunity transactional with people, then you're just gonna, you're going to fail. Like there's just no way that's sustainable because you can't, you couldn't sustain that towards you. Therefore you can't sustain it from you either. Right. So you know, so when we're talking about the business side of, you know, this sort of thing, you know, we were kind of chatting before this started about, you know, there's so many people who are creative and they have a creative uh, bone in their body that needs to be exercised, right? And sadly, you know, so much of the business now is everything you're talking about, like pounding the streets, you know, it used to be making phone calls. Now it's doing other things, social and networking and all this other stuff. Um and and it's a balance because it's taking you away from doing the thing that got you into the business to begin with. Right. Uh, you know, how, do you have an idea of how much time you spend um, on getting creative work as opposed to being creative? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Photo retailers, energize your sales with ShareMeChat, the proven texting platform. Using chat to text on your website keeps your customers connected and buying. See us at Pro and IPI to find out why dealers using ShareMe Chat close more sales without adding staff. Find out more at shareme.chat. I think that there's been seasons where, like, yeah, like I would say 90% of my time is trying to land the job. And then there's other seasons like, and I'm, I'm thankful I'm in this kind of season now where I get to kind of pick and choose what projects I'm taking on and right. which projects I'm passing on to other, you know, as referrals, you know, like the creative world feels very glamorous to people that aren't in it because it feels <laughs> right. like, oh, exactly. wow, like, wow, exactly. you get to do this for a living. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, you get to travel. It's like, well, yeah, I get, I do get to travel. I do get to fly into places and spend the night in a room that's not mine and a bed that's not mine. And then get up at sunrise to go shoot and do that until sunset, then go home, you know, and like those, those are fun things, I guess, uh, to some degree. And sometimes mm-hmm. they are fun, but other times like, man, I'm homesick and I want to be with my kids and mm-hmm. my, my family. And it, it, it just, it's not all that glamorous. So and you that, got, you know, say, Pelican cases to schlep around. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Gear, yeah. You know, I mean, like, they're not seeing that piece of it. And they're not seeing the insurance bill that the insurance on my gear. <laughs> but I, I guess where I was going with all that though, is that at the end of the day, like the creative side is fun. Um, especially when you're doing the things that you love to do, mm-hmm. but the business side is a, is a systematic process so that every day that you get up, you're not waiting for inspiration to hit so you right. can go monetize inspiration. Stephen King, I think, is the, the author of this quote. I could be wrong, but he's, uh, I think it's a Stephen King quote that says that I write when I'm inspired to write. And thankfully, I'm inspired every day at 9 a.m. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. like, if I don't have a, if I don't have anything, I'm actively giving my time on. Like, right now, I kind of have my checklist of creative tasks I need to do today. And I call them creative tasks because they are part of my business, but I've got to edit a video for a vet. That's not, that doesn't get me out of bed in the morning, but that's like, I have a systematic way in which I'm going to do that today and get this job complete and send it for a review. And that's just part of like those daily checklists. There's emails, there's admin, it's all systems at the end of the day, just like McDonald's is running systems. You know, I'm running systems as well. 
Now, did you, is that something you've always been geared towards that sort of process, like a systematic approach, or is that something you just learned that you had to do to be a successful? Because I, I certainly could see where on the creative side, you have people who are like, you know, I just want to, you know, wait for the muse to strike. Right. I think there's a difference between being an artist and then being an entrepreneur. Some really like good artists have entrepreneurs on their behalf, right. you know, that, that do this stuff for them. Um, I don't think that's always practical in today's economy. You kind of have to wear a lot of hats whenever right. you are, you know, an artist. If, if you want to, and not every, not everyone needs to monetize their art either. Like just because somebody is good at something doesn't mean they need to make it their career. Right. Um, but your original question about, you know, have I always been wired that way? I think to some degree, I'm pretty balanced left and right brain. Um, I've got a very like systematic and logistical, like strategic, um, side of me. And then I also have like the creative side of me. I have worked hard to find balance and unison between those two competing because they really are competing like right. ways of life. Um, and there, there's a great book called the E-Myth Revisited. Um, it's a, it's a book about like, you know, the need for systems, but I'll, I'll even like give you this example. If I can deliver uh, a really quality shoot for one client, I ran systems to, and without even realizing it, I ran systems to deliver that shoot. You know, let's say that, let's say I got booked to go shoot um, for Yosemite National Park. I shoot there often, but not, not for the park, just for me, <laughs> but <laughs> let's say they booked me and I, I, so now I'm like figuring out what the best time and spots are. Well, that's a system, you know, I'm executing to go figure out where I should shoot and what time I should shoot. And then I. I have to, you know, make my plans to go there. Am I staying overnight? Am I driving in the middle of the night to get there? So there's a system. I get the shoot and I, there's a technical system I'm executing from internal knowledge of how to work my camera and work my, you know, work my creativity. So there's systems in that. Then I come home and I'm going to have a system on how I get that file into my computer, edit that. And then I have a system of delivery as well. And mm -hmm. now they've got their they've got their shoot that they booked me for, and it checks all the boxes they requested. So now I ran all these systems, whether I realized it or not. Now another, let's say Kings Canyon National Park is like, man, we love the work you did for Yosemite. Come do that for us. Well, the best way I can ensure that I will provide that same level of quality is to run the same systems. Right. That's why you can go to 500 Starbucks around America and get the same cup of coffee, you know? Right. And that's all system by, by, by 500 different, you know, people working at Starbucks right. and that, that world of systems, it actually ensures you're an artist. You know right. what I mean? It actually helps mm -hmm. you deliver what you say you're going to deliver consistently every single time. It's mm -hmm. all comes down to, so, so I have found that the systems mm -hmm. that I have built for my business enable, they actually mm -hmm. enable me to be mm -hmm. a creative full time. You know, it's interesting because I could, I, I, again, I can hear some folks I know on the more creative world, right? You know, that, but doesn't that inhibit your creativity? But actually, guardrails can enhance creativity. A hundred percent, because now I don't need to figure out how I'm going to edit these photos when I go. Mm -hmm. um, like, I'm shooting with my edit already in my brain and my process. Honestly, I find freedom to create knowing that the systems have already been thought through. I don't have to figure right. out this stuff. I right. work. It's a difference between working on something and working in something, you right. know, like right. we're constantly reactive as a, as humans, we love to react to things like, right. Oh, this needs to get done. So I need to do it. Right. But then like, I, I have 
20 hours a week where I can work on things like, right. and then by working on it, I don't have to react to it. And, right. and there's a lot of freedom in that as a creative that gives me space to be creative. Mm-hmm. So was there a seminar or a workshop or anything you attended that kind of taught you this, or I'm, I'm saying this is sort of a, uh, not an unnatural thing, but certainly where did you get your inspiration from? I guess, other than Stephen King quotes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, just about, about the systems, like yeah. about like, yeah. So yep. for, for that, um, honestly, it came out of being burned out. Like I found myself going through very fun seasons and then completely burned out. And when a creative burns out, we kind of lose the drive to get stuff done. Like what was fun now feels like work and work is not fun. And so then you shut down and like, you know, there's so many, there's so many people that start photography businesses that never either a take it serious enough to get to a point where they are full-time or B do it for a season and then just soup, get super burned out. I mean, I, that's one of the reasons I coach like in the photography world now, cause I, you know, I'm trying to help these entrepreneurs, like, you know, find, find a sustainable way to do it. But like, if you are, if you are not doing this, you burn out. So for me, I burned out. And when I burned out, I was like looking for how to prevent burnout. And so I honestly, <laughs> there were, like, you know, two or three authors that I read a lot of their books. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, uh, Patrick Lencioni has a lot of books about just yeah. like good, like just business and leadership practices. Like, and uh, Henry Cloud is another one. Oh yeah. You got you. There you go. You got it. Yeah. Yep. Overcoming Henry the Cloud. five discounts. Yep. Everyone's got it. Yep. Dr. Henry Cloud, he has a book called um, Necessary Endings, which mm-hmm. was revolutionary for me because mm-hmm. it taught me that it was okay to say no to some things or let some things die and end that need to die. And then you go through the grief and the loss, you know, whatever needs to be right. let go of. But like, so I don't know, like, I, I don't want to say like, oh, go read a bunch of self-help books, you know, <laughs> but I think learning good leadership and business mm-hmm. practices, those aren't natural. Like right. much smarter people have figured things out that I'm not going to figure out on my own. And so why not invest a little bit of time into learning from them? Now you're in an area that's sort of a creative hub. There's a lot of creatives there. Were there any local groups you interacted with or encountered that were helpful in this process? Yeah, I I think like here in the Bay Area, it is a very creative area. I mean, we're, we're in Silicon Valley, you know, we have all of tech, all the innovations, every everything that we use every day kind of comes out of this area. And so you do have a lot of innovative thinking. Um, and you also have a lot of like artists in the area. I, I would say there's more artists, not so much. The San Jose area is not really known for its art scene. Um, you know, once you get more up towards like Oakland and Berkeley sure. and, you know, you get more of that. But, you know, here I... Um, I'm part of a kind of like a, a creator network sure. and it's okay. across, it's across many disciplines. It's like, it's like, if I just hang out with photographers, then I'm going to think like a photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn like a photographer, but like, what if I hung out with a painter? Mm-hmm. What if that painter right. gave me a new perspective? Right. So we have this uh, creator network here in San Jose. We get together once a quarter on this thing called creator night and, you know, hundred, you know, hundred artists from different, you know, genres and, and different disciplines come together to share with each other, mm-hmm. share resources, share knowledge, uh, network and all those things. And so that that's a very life-giving community here in the Bay that I'm part of. And is that a, uh, you know, a nonprofit or a casual group? Or- uh, it's a nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. So how, well, what's, uh, how often do you meet? How many people are involved typically? Is it mostly yeah. in person or is it online? I'm just very curious. Cause I think this yeah, is yeah. a thing where people 
could, uh, like you said, kind of escape burnout through this sort of connection. Right. Yeah. So here in the Bay Area, uh, our creator night is quarterly. So we do it, um, you know, every three months, right. which doesn't feel like a lot, but really like when you look at the space between them, it feels like a, it feels pretty fast. So yeah. um, they're, they're hosted at a, um, a creative space here in, in San Jose in a warehouse um, and the warehouse seats anywhere between hundred and 120 people. And it's typically pretty packed out. Um, it's about a three hour event. It has like food truck networking, uh, performances from different artists featured, uh, and it's kind of like a live podcast in the room. There's no recording, That's but like very a cool. panel of artists will be interviewed and share, um, and they're all local and they're all sharing, you know, different mm -hmm. topics. Like the one, we just had one this past weekend for the winter, uh, 2023 winter one. And it was, um, the, it was about like, uh, the character of an artist. So mm -hmm. like, apart from your talent, like what gets you booked is your character. It's right. like, like yeah. talent only gets you so far. If yeah. you're a, if you're not a, a reasonable and fun person to be around, then right. you're never going to get any, any gigs. So, right. or yeah. just being dependable, right? I right. mean, just yeah. doing, yeah. doing yeah. the Absolutely. job when you're asked to do it. I mean, there's such a hubbub right now in the wedding and portrait segment. I know you don't do a lot of those, but I mean, yeah. no, where, you know, you just have photographers who are ghosting on brides and grooms. Yeah. And it's, it's really just, it, it impacts the entire industry. Yeah, for sure. Just having, you know, a modicum of integrity. Would be yeah. Good. I mean, integrity, good character, generosity, gratitude, like all these things that make our society function at its mm -hmm. best. They have to be present in your business as well. Cause if they're mm -hmm. not like, if you're, if your ultimate goal is just let me make as much money as fast as I can and have, you know, it, all, you're going to burn out, but you're also going to burn bridges. And, mm -hmm. and that's just not a way to, that's no way to live. Mm -hmm. Because because that's one of those things where I think when people think business, they think spreadsheets, they think, you know, uh, KPIs or whatever metrics you're yeah. going to use or everything else. But, you know, I, I think in the 21st century, you know, some of the things you talk about are much more important to business. And I think a lot of businesses are reflecting that as opposed yeah. to, you know, kind of the old school, like you said, a transactional business. Right. right? Right. You know, I don't think that's where things are going. Yeah, I don't think it is either. And I think that it's it's for the best, like to go mm -hmm. the other way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So so don't be a lousy person and a photographer right. at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So Dave, where can people get more information about what you do and creator nights if, if you want to pitch that? Oh yeah. If you're if you have a listener local to the bay, oh, we'd love to plug in. Okay. Sure. So where would people go for more information on that? Yeah. So um, my personal website, and I, I love telling people my website because I can't believe I secured this domain, but my website is Dave. That's my name, Dave.online. Wow. That's easy to remember. Like five years ago, I got this website for like 30 bucks. I got the domain <laughs> and I am never letting it go. So Dave. I wonder what that's worth now. I mean, I'm sure I have no idea, it. but I don't even care. Some business named Dave could pop up and offer me a million dollars. I'm keeping it like <laughs> Dave.online. Um, and so that that's kind of a hub to all things that, that I do, whether it's my photography or my YouTube channel or social, whatever. Um, and then with creator night, uh, a nonprofit called the gathering in San Jose, um, mm -hmm. which is a creative co-working space um, and like creator space. Uh, I, I think the website is gatheringsj.org. Um, okay. And typically when Creator Night is being promoted, which it typically gets promoted about six weeks out, you'll see all the information on the website 
Um, and so they're, they're great events. And if, like I said, if you're local to the Bay, um, it is a very life-giving event and uh, we'd love to have any of your listeners come join us. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dave. Great to see you. Hopefully uh, when I'm out in the Bay Area, I'll, we'll, we'll get together for yeah, be sure. mass-produced, systemized Starbucks. That's it. Exactly. Get that good espresso. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.